Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's Rich Birch. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, have you ever felt like maybe your training to date, your preparation for ministry hasn't set you up for success to deal with some of the interior issues of ministry, to deal with the pressures of dealing with all the people that come our way and the pressures of what it means to be a leader today? Well, today we've got a guest for you, Jenny Catron, who's going to help us with those issues. She's wrote a book that's coming out in January called Clout. You're going to want to pick it up. It's a fantastic resource for church leaders. Um, she's going to talk more about that and just about her ministry. A really fantastic interview. Let's jump into the interview and then make sure you stay tuned till the end because I've got some other resources I want to share with you. Let's go. Hey, friends. Uh, just a programming note for the folks that watch this podcast on video. Um, thanks for doing that, by the way. Uh, we had a bit of a technical problem when we recorded this, and so it only ended up recording Jenny's side of the video, not my side, which is actually probably fine in the grand scheme of things. Just wanted to let you know that, uh, to expect that uh, in today's show. Thank you. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, we've got a real treat today on the show. We've got Jenny Katrin from uh, Crosspoint Church in Nashville. She's a, a blogger, a leader, a multi-site expert. She's just a real treat to have on the show today. Uh, so thanks so much, Jenny, for being here. Yeah, Rich, thank you. It's exciting to just be a part of the conversation. Looking forward to it. All right, well, why don't you just give us a little bit of introduction. Tell us a little bit about your church, you know, your, a bit of your background, a bit of, you know, the church's background. We just want to get to know you a little better. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, work at Crosspoint Church in Nashville, Tennessee. We are 11 years old this fall, uh, planted uh, by our lead pastor, Pete Wilson. And uh, I have been a part of the church from the very beginning. My husband and I were part of the core team that launched the church. And so it's just kind of fun to look back at day, the days when there were 30 of us around a living room dreaming <laughs> right. about uh, what Crosspoint could be. And then uh, about three years into the church's life, I came on staff. Now, I had been in the music business here in Nashville uh, prior to that. I thought I would run a record company someday. Never dreamed of being in ministry. <laughs> right. And uh, about three years into Crosspoint Story, um, Pete and I started discussions of me coming on staff to really lead and oversee um, the, the staff and the organization as a whole. You know, So Pete could focus on being the visionary leader, the pastor, the shepherd, and I could run the ministry of sorts. So I've been executive director um, for uh, a little over eight years at Crosspoint, and uh, that role has morphed and changed repeatedly. Um, when I started, <laughs> there were about 500 attendees and about six staff members, and now we have almost 5,500 attendees every weekend, five campuses, I think 45 staff, you know, just so the scope has changed drastically through the years, but it's been an absolute blast. It's, a, it's an amazing place to do ministry. Oh, well, fantastic. Now, you're coming out with a new book soon. Now, it's coming out in January, so, uh, you know, we, we I don't know how much we want to give away uh, to people, but why don't you tell us, you know, you've written, a, you know, a book before. You're an author already. Uh, tell us about this new book and what kind of spurred you to write something again. Yeah, I, uh, I think I've discovered a little bit of a passion in me to, I've always been a learner, you know, and I've always been an avid reader, and I think I always had a little dream of writing, but, you know, as I've continued to just explore my leadership influence and some of the things God's put on my heart, uh, 
putting that in written form seems to be just a part of you know how I've been wired and gifted and I've really discovered a love for it but my biggest heart is really equipping leaders and so you know the book is just another format for me to kind of take some of what I'm learning as a leader and hopefully just kind of put it out there and help other people maybe learn from it maybe go okay Jenny yeah you're crazy glad you worked through that you know um, but uh, yeah the, this book called clout is really just it's really an overflow of what I feel like I've been learning as a leader for the last couple of decades and so I'm excited to kind of be able to share some of that with folks in the coming months all right. Well, Cloud, you're already drawing me in. Uh, you know, why is it called Cloud? And you know, what is the kind of, um, you know, what was the internal stuff that kind of spurred you to say, oh, hey, I should, I should write this book? Yeah, yeah. Cloud is, and the subtitle is "Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence." And you know, I've loved the leadership word for as long as I understood what it was. And um, you know, John Maxwell is quoted with saying, "Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less." And I used to kind of get frustrated by that because I wanted leadership to have so much more significance, you know. And uh, but clout, I kind of go to the, that concept that leadership is influence, and that we all have this sphere of influence, this place that God has placed us, and it, it includes our gifts, our talents, our abilities, those things. But it also includes the experiences, and you know, it's the stuff that we haven't enjoyed that actually give us some of our clout as a leader. And, uh, you know, in, in my leadership journey, of course, I've wrestled with, you know, just the insecurities and the fears and some of the comparison things, you know, that stuff that you don't want to realize you actually are wrestling with. And you. And I think over the last decade or so, I've realized how much that stuff was holding me back and not allowing me to live out my God-given influence, not allowing me to really step into the clout that God has given me. And so that's what the book is about. It's a little bit of personal story meets just some leadership challenge to say there are some, we call them the clout killers, the things that are going to hold you back from really stewarding your influence and your leadership in a healthy way. So that's my heart in this book is to really equip young and developing leaders with um, some warning signs of the things that really could be hindering you and holding you back. And if you really, if you really make yourself face those things, that it can allow you to just unleash the things God wants to do in you. Nice, yeah. The 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 seven clout killers you talk about are fear, comparison, uh -huh. jealousy, scarcity, insecurity, pride, and control. Right. Um, I, I know for me there is uh, the part of what I really have appreciated about your book is. Uh, there's a lot of stories in it, and it's a lot of you kind of telling about you know your own experiences. It's you know I think great insight for leaders who are you know you want to sometimes you can feel a little lonely as a leader, and you you think things in your head that you don't know if yeah. anyone else thinks those things. Um, and there were multiple times where I feel like man, I feel like Jenny might have be listening in on my brain, uh, you know, which is amazing. In particular, there's this great story where you know you talk about. Um, how you're kind of in this fight with your team, and you've right. got you've got an idea that you know is opposed to them. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that, and you know, and and maybe the role of pride, you know, as in leadership, as a as a you know as a Christian leader leading in a church. Yeah, you know, and and in in that chapter, I talk about you know we're having this struggle, me and the team, and I could have solved the issue right there. I could have just said, hey, I'm the boss. You know, I could make the decision, and I realized. Pride, I just my pride just wanted to win. My pride wanted to be right. And so it was just one of those little aha moments where I recognized it wasn't about what was doing right or even leading well. It was that pride want my pride wanted to kind of, you know, just be in charge and take control and step into the authority of my leadership position. But um, and so the definition of pride is inordinate self-esteem. And what I really challenge folks in that chapter is that 
in fact, most of us don't have inordinate self-esteem. We have the illusion of, you know, we're trying to cover up and create this false exterior that we've got it all together. But it, it manifests itself in pride. You know, we mm. can kind of develop mm. this false pride, this false identity of that we can do everything and be everything. When inside, we know, like, we're wrestling with all those insecurities and fears and doubts. And so it's like all these other issues are really surfacing in, in what looks like pride. And so, you know, I think just as leaders, we, um, you know, we, we are so hungry and eager for leadership and influence, and we cover up a lot of the other fears and insecurities and that kind of stuff that we're wrestling with, and it manifests, manifests itself in pride and becomes just kind of an ugly, you know, form of leadership. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it's very insightful. It's been a, a super insightful book. Now, what are you hoping, um, you know, after people read your book, you know, what are you hoping kind of some action steps that they take? What are you hoping kind of, what difference are you hoping it makes in, in yeah. your readers' lives? Yeah, I, I think I would hope that, you know, much like myself, I mean, the funny part is, you know, you write a book like this and you feel the most inadequate person to have actually written the book. <laughs> right. You write about all these, you know, fear, pride, insecurity, comparison, and all these ugly issues that you're wrestling with as a leader. And you go, who am I to write this? Because then you start recognizing and seeing it all, you know, in everything you do. And I think that's what I hope for everybody else is that as you read it, I hope we're not discouraged by it. And in fact, then the mm. book into just a little more hopeful ideas of cultivating your influence. But I hope that it makes us more aware of where those things are lurking in our heart. You know, because I think a lot of times as leaders, we're moving so fast, we're trying to accomplish so much and do so much that we don't always pay attention to what's happening in here. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that as leaders, you know, I say often, lead yourself well to lead others better. And a lot of times I think we're so hungry to grow and develop our influence and our leadership that we neglect what's happening in our own heart and ourself. Oh, and so th that's my heart is can we take a little, can we take a pause and do a little bit of self-leadership and be aware of we're not going to master these things. You know, we're human and we're going to continue to wrestle and some of them will wrestle with more than others. And but my, but my heart and my hope is that it at least gives us some tools to identify when those things are hindering us and then puts us at the feet of God so that we can really continue to pray through and see God um, work through those things in our life. Oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, question around kind of even just some practical tactics that you do as a public leader. You know, you, yeah. you have a huge staff team. You've got multiple campuses. You know, you're a public person. You're out speaking all the time. Um, yeah. So, you know, lots of, a lot of times as leaders, we think a lot about what we do publicly, you know, on the stage. What do you do, you know, what are some of the, your own practices to kind of cultivate that interior life and to, to wrestle with the issues that clearly, you know, you've, you've tilled over many times to come out with a book like this? Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, the more influence and the more opportunities you have as a leader, the more troublesome and difficult that becomes um, to find the time for your own, your own personal health. And uh, I'm an introvert by nature, you know, like I've learned to be uh, extroverted and outgoing, and I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm not on the way extreme side of the introvert scale, but I rejuvenate by alone time and quiet time. But it's also the thing that is the most scarce in my life because of my influence and opportunities. And, you know, I lead a, a great staff at Crosspoint, and it's busy, and there's always somebody who kind of needs you, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've, you know, I've even rearranged some of my own schedule. I get up earlier in the morning than I ever have in my entire life. <laughs> right. My husband and I don't have children, so we don't have little ones tugging and pulling on us. But I realized I had to find that quiet, alone, contemplative time 
um, for reading and study and so forth. And I have to make that a real discipline. So that's a big one for me. And then just knowing the things that rejuvenate you, you know. Um, for me, it's, uh, you know, I have Fridays off and my husband works, and so I don't book much on Fridays. Like, Fridays is a quiet day mm -hmm. at home. You know, I can, I'll do work on some things. I'll clean the house. I'll do stuff that doesn't involve me having to lead others. And I think that's, that's particularly critical in that as leaders, we can find ourselves always in places where we're leading others. And so that you need to not lead. Some, you know, and I have a good circle of friends who don't need me to be a leader. They could care less <laughs> right. what else I do. You know, yes, definitely. friends that I've had for a couple of decades, and they have no, uh, they have no uh, problem bringing me back to reality. You know, right. so I think you have to find the stuff that rejuvenates you, and it's not the same for everybody. You know, I mean, that formula looks different, but you know, you know when you're you're thriving and feeling re-energized. So you got to look for those windows, and then you've got to make them a rhythm of your life. Oh, that's very cool. Well, there, all, of course, yeah, but. absolutely. Yeah, I can identify with that. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, um, now, uh, anything else would you say to you know our listeners, you know, either about cloud or just you know about this topic in general? Yeah, I think that um, you know, I think leadership is such an extraordinary gift, and you know, as ministry leaders, um, you know, we've never we never arrive. We're always growing. We're always you know learning and. I think just being on that quest to continue to learn and hear from God, like I'm reading right now, it's an older book by Bill Hybels, but it's um, Too Busy Not to Pray. Mm. Oh, great book. You know, just going back to some of those basics and those simple things of like our, our health as leaders and our relationship with God is so incredibly critical. And I think just keeping a pulse on that and how what's going on here, what's going on in our own life as leaders and uh, the over, then God does what God will do with the overflow of that. So I would just encourage you all to just stay focused and committed on what God is doing in your heart and life and let everything else kind of overflow from there. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right. Well, we've entered the lightning round, that part of the show where we jump through a series of questions uh, with an excellent church leader. So, so, Jenny, tell me about an online resource that you've been using these days. It's really helping your ministry. You know, um, I would say I probably am not the best user of all the online <laughs> resources and tools. I am, right. not the, uh, I am not the tech savvy one of the bunch. But our team uses uh, a lot of great uh, tools like Basecamp, uh, Basecamp Planning Center, uh, a lot of those things just to help manage the ministry. And then um, we use Google Docs like crazy, you know, which is a great tool for um, being able to invite volunteers in to see resources and tools that they, you know, if there's information we need to share that's beyond just our staff. And then Evernote, I love Evernote. Like, I'm a list taker. So I use Evernote for every, you know, every person that I manage. I have an Evernote list of things I need to talk with them about. So for me personally, that's probably one of the best, like, online tools that I use. Nice. Yeah, you hear Evernote a lot. A lot of leaders say that. You know, it's yeah. obviously super. It's a great tool for sure. Um, what's a book that you've been reading recently? You know, you talked about Heibel's uh, Too Busy to Pray. Is there any other books you've been reading recently that, uh, you know, have influenced your leadership? Yeah, there's been a great one that um, is called Four Disciplines of Execution. And uh, 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 Sean Covey, Stephen Covey's son, is one of the authors. There's three different authors on that book. Okay. But it is, it's this whole idea, it's this concept we know about uh, putting the big rocks in first, you know, the priorities and so forth. But I think one of the things that um, ministry leaders, I think, can often get taxed in this is trying to figure out how to lead through execution, 
you know, like we have great ideas, we've got great stuff going on, but then Sunday's always coming, and so you have these great, brilliant ideas of things you hope to do in your ministry one day, but actually getting to execution, like actually making those things happen. And so this book has been really good. Our exec team is reading it right now. And the concept is they're talking about the whirlwind of just everyday life, and that is totally Sunday's coming, right? You know, right, every exactly. Sunday to work towards. And, but then they're challenging you to figure out what are your wildly important goals. You know, it's the BHAGs that, um, that uh, Jim Collins talked about, and, you know, mm -hmm. but it's uh, that idea of what are your, your core principles, your core uh, goals that are going to move ministry forward and helping you develop the disciplines to actually make them part of your culture, which that's the critical component. So it's kicking our butt right now. It's really good. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Um, are, are there any other ministries out there that you're kind of inspiring you these days? You're like, oh, that's people I I'm really love what they're doing. Yeah, you know, um, I uh, was supposed to go on a mission trip this month with Bloodwater. Okay. Oh, they, nice. Uh, they do AIDS relief um, in, in several places around the world, but specifically I was going to go with them to Kenya. And we were supposed to leave the very same week that the Nairobi airport had their major international terminal fire. Oh, no. So I was so disappointed because I love the work that Bloodwater's doing, and Crosspoint is looking at getting into some more AIDS relief efforts and how can the church be more um, more part of that, that need and that issue. So mm, Very cool. Um, they're a great organization. I love what they do, and I was bummed that my trip has been postponed. But. Uh, so is that coming up? Are you hoping to go another time, or, or what are they yeah. saying? Yeah, we're trying to get it rescheduled, and it may happen. It might not happen until 2014. So, right, right yeah. exactly. But hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I guess the fall is not a great time to do that, you know, you know <laughs> to jump away for a week. So, all right, what about a leader? Are there any leaders out there? You know, you could get 15 minutes with any leader. Uh, who would that leader be and why? Yeah, I uh, recently was reading uh, Rudy Giuliani's book, Leadership. Oh, yeah, good it's book. It's been out for years, but um, it just reconnected me to the story of how he led through 9-11. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some reason, I stumbled back upon that book, and I just kind of got sucked into, you know, leaders lead in have to, some of our most critical moments are moments of crisis. Right. And I think moments of crisis make or break you as a leader. And so uh, just in reading his, his book, i was just been so fascinated about how he stepped up in such an extreme moment and led the city through those critical first hours of 9-11. So um, I would love to sit down with him as a modern-day leader and just go, okay, now unpack that for me. Tell me what was going on in your heart. How did you lead through that so well? I'd be fascinated to, to do that. Yeah, I, I love in that book where he talks about how they do, how he had already before that they had those like morning meetings with his entire team and they would, you know, that they every day he would you know meet with those people like, hey, what's going on in the city today and how that prepared uh, them for that day. It's a, that's a fantastic book and obviously he's an incredible leader. So yeah, that's cool. All right, so what do you do for fun when you know you're just looking to kick back uh, and you're not writing and all that stuff? What are you? Uh, what do you do for fun? I uh, I love the game of tennis. However, really? yeah, but it can turn into I'm competitive by nature, so everything <laughs> becomes a goal. So I have to right. be really careful because it just becomes problematic. Right. But um, I love the game of tennis. So my husband and I enjoy tennis. I play tennis with some of the guys at work, and um, it, it's just fun. I suck at it. I'm not any good at all. <laughs> but um, and in fact, we will sometimes our team will go and play, and I'm always the loser. It's you know I'm the only girl of the bunch, and okay. I'm always at the bottom of the, you know, the tally list, and I'm like, 
but, <laughs> but it's funny. a bit of an obsession. So I love that. Of course, um, you know, uh, the U.S. Open and watching the, you know, tennis season yeah, right. is so much fun. So love Absolutely. that. Cool. Uh, and then reading, I'm a huge reader. And then I love to decorate and renovate houses and crazy stuff like that. So oh, keeps nice. me gives me stuff to do. Take my mind off. <laughs> Keeps you busy because you're not busy enough. Right. <laughs> well, Jenny, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more, connect with you, the ministry, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Rich, thank you so much for letting me be a part. Um, my website is JennyCatron.com. Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-C-A-T-R-O-N.com. And uh, I have a blog there. I blog a couple times a week. And then, um, you know, a lot of just other things are kind of listed there where I'm speaking and so forth. So great place to connect with me. And uh, crosspoint.tv is um, the, the church where I work. So that's a great place to stay in touch with us via the ministry of Crosspoint. But um, again, Rich, thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. I've enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm just so thankful that Jenny joined us on the show today. Uh, as you leave, two things. First of all, um, I'm wondering if you would pre-order Jenny's book. Just go to Amazon. There's a link in the show notes. It's really going to be a fantastic read for you and your team, the kind of thing you could buy and then go through together one chapter a week kind of thing. It would be a great uh, resource for you. Uh, check it out. You can find the link uh, in the show notes. And second of all, uh, this weekend, you know, when you go into your ministry, um, take some time before uh, your services just to check your own heart. Take some time to pray. Uh, maybe get some quiet time away by yourself. Uh, and ask God to kind of do some of that internal soul work to prepare you to serve other people. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week, uh, next Thursday on the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>